Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, genius leaders, it's time for another solo episode, and this will be hopefully short <laughs> and uh, to the point with one tool that I give my clients every now and then, and it's super useful. It's helping them snap out of the drama, and I want you to have it in your toolbox as well. So I'll give it on the example of one of my clients, maybe give more examples from my own experience or other clients in between as well. So what kind of drama I mean here? When we start assuming things and make something about ourselves a lot in a negative way. And usually it is about someone's reaction or lack thereof. And here I'll give an example of the client. He, as a side project, passion project, created some tool that it's not a biggie, you know, used by several government institutions of the country where he lives. So just a passion project like that, you know. And uh, at some point during our work together, he decided that maybe it was time to give up that tool broader use. So he was considering whether commercializing it or doing something else with that. So without going too much into detail of that. And before he would go for whatever option he decided, would decide to go, he will, like we discussed that it would be nice to get input from someone who is an expert in the field uh, in which the tool is, is created. Just for my client to feel more confident when releasing the tool, whichever way he would do it. So when I asked him about like, who would you like to have uh, an opinion from to feel comfortable and confident, uh, he directly had the name, a person who, who is really engaged part of the community and um, uh, a great expert. So I asked, uh, or I gave the homework to my clients to actually prepare a, an email to ask that expert for his feedback. And lo and behold, my client didn't feel comfortable with that and he didn't do that homework until the next session. And when we started talking about that, you could see from his um, body language, from his facial expressions, how uncomfortable that thought was for him to actually email that person with that request. And I asked him why. And he said, because I just imagined that he'll not reply to me. And then I will spin out uh, into negative feelings and thoughts. And also I will lose whatever confidence we have built together during our work to actually release the tool. And that's when the tool that I'm uh, about to share with you came in, into play. So what do you do in that situation? And that's what I asked my client to do, is to come up with 10 ways or 10 reasons why that guy would not reply. Make a list of 10 reasons why that might be a case. And of course, the first one or two or three are easy. First one would be, he thinks it's ridiculous that I'm asking him to review the, the tool or the code or whatever and um, ask him to do it just, just like that pro bono. The other one uh, he came up with, if I believe, uh, if I remember wrong, um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, was that he would look at the tool 
or the code and just see a lot of mistakes and wouldn't bother to point them all out because he would think that my client is a stupid person and is not worth the time of giving the feedback. So I think he came up with something else as the third option. And that's where we usually stop. And that's why it's important to go further to have the list of 10. Because what happens when we are in this kind of situation, our brain likes to overdramatize and create the worst case scenario. And if we stop there, then we start living through those scenarios in our heads. They, and we also make them mean something about ourselves and our personality, our identity, whatever it is. So in this case, it would be that if we would stop there, my client would feel inadequate, unprofessional, uh, bad at what he does, and or uh, feeling like he's asking too much of people and being selfish or whatever it is. So that's when the fun starts with the exercise. You need to come up with more reasons why the person would not reply to this email. And I'll just continue this exercise now. I, I don't remember exactly the 10 things that we came up in in that situation with the client, but one of them could be easy. That the person, the person's email client plans the the email into spam and the person never sees the email itself. The fourth reason could be the person sees the email, feels like, oh, cool, I, I want to do that. But they check the email on the go and then they forever reply or they forget to reply to that email. Another one would be that the person is on vacation, coming back to their inbox and maybe accidentally deletes the email while cleaning up through the inbox so they never see it. Another one could be that the person replies, but actually the email lands into my client's spam. Another one could be that the person is still on vacation and hasn't replied because of that, because they're not checking their emails so far. You see, so now I've already come up with five plus the two that my client originally came up with, so seven. So we have seven different reasons, and suddenly it's much less about us and in a negative way. And it's much more about that there are different circumstances. And what I usually ask my clients to do, because they're at like at seven, eight, it becomes difficult to come up with something. I just ask them to come up with something ridiculous. Like the person was stolen by the, by the aliens and just come check their emails or stuff like that. And that just brings the fun and takes down the pressure from the situation. And it makes it emotionally less negative and less charged. And it just helps us to understand like, hey, it's, I shouldn't take myself so serious. And even if it's a serious matter, we can still bring the lightness to the topic. And it doesn't have to be heavy, doesn't have to be negative. So a couple of other examples that where I've used that tool. It was a situation when a client emailed me with some reflections between the, the sessions. So how, how I work with my clients one-to-one is that we have three calls or meetings, if it's in Iceland, per month. On a weekly basis, the last week of the month is the implementation week. And in between, they have access to me. So they can email me uh, with their questions, with the progress on the homework, where they feel stuck or whatever it is. Or if something happens in their life, uh, professionally or personally, and they need the processing, uh, I'm always there to support. So this client uh, sent me an email sharing something about the homework and the progress and so on, how they feel stuck. And I didn't reply. And because the client wasn't this bit of a sensitive, um, kind of fragile state. That's why they originally emailed me. They, of course, made it about themselves. My lack of response was uh, taken in a negative way. They may, they thought, okay, they're uh, being a needy client. They are doing something 
that uh, I feel negative about, and that's why I'm ignoring the email and so on and so forth. And actually, that was in the moment when I traveled to Sweden, now two years ago, and that email landed in my inbox when my mother got quite sick. So we were meeting there, my sister and my mother came from Ukraine, and I came with my daughter to Stockholm. I had some work there to do, but I decided to combine it. So uh, while I was working, my daughter was taken care of by my family members, and then we would spend some time together. And my mother got really sick. We thought it was, uh, or doctors thought it was COVID. Mom said that it is not COVID, and she refused to go to a hospital because she has some lung condition and she's not, because of that, she's not vaccinated against COVID. And um, she said like, okay, if I end up in the hospital department where COVID people are lying, that's just sure death for me. So she refused to go for that route. And uh, by the time she was going to the, uh, going home by plane with my sister, she felt that bad that both me and her aunts like we didn't speak about that uh, out loud, but both of us were thinking that we're not sure that she makes it alive to the end of the flight. So when we were saying bye, it was like, okay, that might be a last bye in in our lives. She did make it home. It, it turned out that she had a pneumonia on both sides of her lungs. Uh, most of the lungs or the, the whole system was um, damaged. So she, she wasn't a quite a critical condition and she stayed in hospital for a couple of weeks after that. So I'm in the midst of all that um, with my mother in a country where she refuses to go to a hospital and I at the end need to let her go home because I knew that okay that's very important for her to like kind of if if I die I'd rather do it at home or kind of in the country I know at least. So with all that in mind, I just didn't have the capacity to address the um, issue that my client was e- emailing me about. And when we met for the session the, the week after, when I came back to Iceland, we, we had a walk and we discussed the situation and I explained why it was uh, happening. And of course, I, I said that it's it's my fault that I could have communicated to you, uh, hey, name, I'm sorry, I, I have a family situation right now, critical one, I will reply to you as soon as I have the capacity to do that. I didn't do that. Uh, that's my mistake. No matter how heavy it, sh- it is, I, I do think that I should be able to be professional and uh, and show presence to my clients, at least informing them what's going on. But then we just discussed that um, here is another way where we can actually look at the tool and how to use it. And with that client, I've already used this tool before. So I just needed to say, like, okay, let's go 10 ways. Uh, Give me 10 reasons why I'm not replying to you when I'm in Sweden. And this is another way of, of like another, another example of how this tool can really help you to make it less about yourself in a negative way and just rem- remind yourself that not a lot of things are about you. The universe and our planet is not really turning around you. You're not the center of it. There are a lot of other things going on around and they might affect how people behave and how people react or do not react to you or do not respond to you. So it's not about you all the time. So again, I I want to keep this episode really sweet and short to this point. Whenever you feel like you're making something about yourself in a negative way, you make that mean something bad about you, you're spinning into some kind of drama because of someone's reaction, someone's lack of reaction. Use this tool. Come up with 10 ways or 10 reasons why this reaction or lack of reaction, whatever it is, is happening. And it could also be, as I said, 
In both these examples, it was about the lack of reaction or response. It could be about when someone snaps at you and you just start making that mean a lot about you or that person's relationship to you. This is, this tool can help you spin out of that. For example, if I, I don't know, my husband snaps at me. Let's, let's say that I can easily spin into, Oh my God, he doesn't love me anymore. He thinks I'm a burden and uh, our marriage is going to end right now. What should I do? Uh, how do we, like, how do we make a divorce an okay experience for, for our daughter? What do we do with this home that none of us would be able to afford on our own? So it will be difficult to buy two separate apartments, even if we sell this one at a good price, which is possible right now. So you see, it's so easy to spin into that rabbit hole of negativity. But if I have the capacity and I have this habit of like, okay, pause 10 ways quickly, 10 reasons why he might be snappy right now. And then it could be he got rejection to a grant application that he wrote. He might be unhappy with the students. He might be stressed about the presentation he, he needs to make in his course. He might feel that, okay, now it's too much with work and he's not training enough. It might be that he, he's worried about the, I don't know, his parents' health, for example, or he just read some news that were very, the news that was very negative on the media and he's just in a negative mode. And I managed to come to him exactly in the wrong moment for that and so on and so forth. So once I start thinking that way, it's so much easier to not go into that divorce scenario and think about how on earth are we going to sell this apartment <laughs> and who gets what from the household. So I hope that you will try this tool. And even if you don't have that situation right now to t- test it on, test it on some uh, situation in the, in the past that you felt like, okay, you made it mean too much about yourself in a negative way and you got to spin into that rabbit hole of negativity. Write down 10 ways how the situation, well, 10 reasons why the situation might be happening with that don't really mean it, a- anything about you. And writing them down and seeing that list is so damn powerful. I cannot emphasize it enough. How when we see, first of all, we use the metorics when we're writing down with a pen and paper, but then when we see that list with our eyes, it just helps us rewire our brain. It builds those neural connections, very positive ones, very strong ones that connect the dots of, okay, there are external circumstances that I cannot affect. And just because they happen, it doesn't have to mean anything about me personally in my relationship with this person. So go try the two. Let me know how, how it goes for you. And maybe if you dare, share the tool with the episode and your list on the social media with, and tag me so that I can uh, see it. I would love to see the lists if you make it, um, if you, if you make them. And if you don't feel like sharing them publicly, I would still love you to send it to me so that I can see it. And I promise that I'm not going to share it unless I ask your permission and I get it, even if uh, anonymously. So hope you add this tool to your toolbox and it will bring you the power that you need when you need it and uh, help you spin out of those negative thoughts that we all sooner or later end up in because we're humans. So as always, want to remind you that I see you, I feel you, I love you, and I do believe that you can be positive and you can take yourself lightly even in serious topics talk to you next week thank you for 
for joining us for this episode of the Genius Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. Please rate, review, and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders. For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honors conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.